special edition of the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here tonight talking with Dr. Joseph Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic, the latest treatments in periodontic care, and the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases, from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor on the topics we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. And this is your chance to talk to, to, talk to Dr. Nemeth directly. Dr. Nemeth, welcome back. You know, we, are, we always have a great show with you, but we're still in the middle of now a new uptick in COVID cases. What are the anxieties that some patients have when they need dental care or when they're calling your office? Well, you know, it's very interesting because the WDIB, uh, uh, the uh, local NBC uh, affiliate uh, TV station here, was in my office a couple of days ago because they wanted to know what dental offices, mine in particular, are doing to allay patients' fears. And, you know, we did an extensive interview. In fact, it's going to be on tomorrow morning sometime between 6.30 and 6.45. And it'll also be click on Detroit. It'll be available there. And, you know, we have special high suction devices that we actually put right next to the patient's mouth so that anything that comes out of the patient's mouth, any aerosols, is immediately suctioned away. We have barriers up between the front desk and the patients so that there's no transmission of anything there. All, all of the staff is wearing masks, particularly now with the coming back of the virus, the Delta variant. Uh, we also have air suction devices, general air suction devices in every operatory. We have a scanning device, so when the patient comes in and comes close to the front desk, it automatically takes their temperature to make sure everything is okay. We are still uh, requiring masks, particularly now uh, with the virus coming back. So uh, that and some of the other things that were talked about will, will be there. Well, one of the things that I've heard, you know, general information is that dental offices in general are more sterile than most other places. Well, it's That's your re- safest place to be, actually. You know, it's really interesting. There have been virtually, there may be a few, but virtually no cases, and if so, a minute number of patients who have gotten the virus from being in a dental office. So they may get it outside of the dental office. Staff may get it outside of the dental office. But we're always wearing masks. We're used to wearing masks. We're comfortable with masks. And it's been part of our life prior to this. And so it just doesn't happen. Patients do not get the virus. They don't get infected from being in the dental office. It doesn't happen. So, you know, people may not be as aware of that as they should. So they need not be apprehensive then. What you're saying is they should be at peace with the fact that you're completely sterile. It's safe. It's a safe environment. Do you think that people are getting the message now that it's safe to go and very important to go and see your dentist or periodontist? Well, I think they were getting the message, but with the re-eruption of the virus, the Delta variant, I think people are a little bit intimidated again. But again, the dental office is not the place to be afraid of. Maybe other places, yes. The dental office, no. Not just my dental office, but any dental office. Don't neglect going to the dentist because the risk to your health is so much greater 
uh, than the risk of getting the virus. Absolutely. What is it that people, listeners, ought to know about what they need to be paying attention to? Well, you know, a few minutes ago, you asked me, what are my patients most concerned about when they come right. to me? Mm-hmm. And there were four things that came, off, uh, came to my mind immediately. Well, patients, first of all, they don't want to lose their teeth. They're concerned about losing their teeth. Secondly, they're concerned about the way they look. They want to look as good as they possibly can. And thirdly, many of them are concerned about bad breath. Another major concern is patients who have, unfortunately, lost teeth, and they want to have these teeth replaced, and we use implants to do that. And the primary uh, reason that many of them come, as I said, is fear of losing teeth, and that's a good fear because most people lose their teeth, that lose their teeth, lose it because of periodontal disease or gum disease, which I call the other silent killer because people just aren't aware of how devastating, terribly devastating the effects of gum disease can be. And it's undetected, does not cause pain. People don't know that they have it. It's like high blood pressure, which I've mentioned in the past. It's sneaky. It sneaks up on you. But at least high blood pressure is usually detected by going to the doctor and getting a checkup. That's not necessarily the case with periodontal disease or gum disease, and yet it's terribly devastating and dangerous. So what should the average patient, the average listener, be looking for when they're at home? What, what are the, the first signals that they need to get in to see you? Well, you know, as I it used to be. It used to be bleeding. But some of the newer toothpastes have antibacterial agents that kill the back, super back, superficial bacteria. So patients are coming in. I'm saying, well, you're getting bleeding gums. And they say, well, you know... Almost never. Well, almost never, or they say not really. When they say not really, that means really. What does, it mean? What does not really, really mean? <laughs> really, not really means really. But, you know, to them, it's just so infrequent. But often there's little or no bleeding now because of these agents that kill some of the superficial bacteria. But when I go under the gun to take a sample of what's going on there, there there's a lot of activity, a lot of parasites, a lot of bacteria that are associated with gum disease or advanced gum disease, and they're completely unaware of it. Sometimes well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here because sure. we've got to take a quick break, but we'll come back and talk about this on the other side of the break. In the meantime, you're listening to the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show, and we're here talking about the treatment of gum disease and how it can prevent some of the major diseases of our time. If you have a question, you can reach Dr. Nemeth by calling 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to call and talk to the doctor directly. You're listening to the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Dr. Joseph Nemeth Show, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here tonight talking with Dr. Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic, the latest treatments in periodontic care, and the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor on the topic we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. So coming back, let's, let's go on and tell us a little oh, okay. bit about what you are. Um, what you're obviously getting patients from all over the world, which is great for bad breath, for periodontal disease. What do you think is the, the biggest part of your practice right now in the middle of COVID? Well, I think the biggest part of what we're doing right now uh, is 
laser gum treatment. I mean, that's really what it is. So many people have gum disease. Uh, what? 70%, over 70% of the population over 65 have periodontal How do they find out they have gum disease? Is that diagnosed at their dentist? Or do they find out by being, bleeding at home? Many patients are referred by their dentist, of course. Mm-hmm. So those patients come in. They are, I ask them, why are they here? And they say, well, I don't really know. My dentist sent me here. So what we do with these patients and with all patients is we take a swab or we take a sample from under their gum. And we look at that. We put it on a television screen to see what's going on. And we look for parasites. We look for the bacteria that are associated with periodontal disease or gum disease. These patients aren't having any pain, but some of them have find that their teeth are getting loose or the teeth are shifting or their bite feels funny or they get some bleeding or somehow they have an intuition or they have a feeling that they've got the problem. Many of them are referred by their dentist and didn't even know they had a problem. But we always take a sample from under their gum just to exi- and we use that primarily. That's our primary method of diagnosing periodontal disease. Periodontal disease is a, an infection. It's a bacterial infection. It's a parasitic infection. It's an infection. If you want to save the teeth, you have to stop the infection. And that's what I tell the patients. We do half the treatment, and you do half the treatment. Our half is stopping the infection. Your half is keeping it stopped by doing what we teach you at home. So it's basically bacterial, parasitic. We take a sample. And if they're there, we know there's disease. Dr. Nemeth, we have a caller, Michael from Rochester. Michael, what is your question for the doctor? Yeah, hello. Hello, doctor. Um, so I've been going to my dentist religiously for the last 15 years, and I do everything they tell me to do. I got, tra- I got moved to a different city, so I, I changed dentist. And so I go into the new dentist, and they tell me, you need 12 fillings and three crowns. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get a second opinion. So I got a second opinion, and they said the same thing. So my original dentist, obviously, was not giving me the care that I expected. And I think this is setting me up for um, gum disease in the future if I did not move to a new place where I went to a new dentist. Um, so my question is, what should I say to the original dentist um, about my care, and why why would I need all this dental work if I went to them religiously? Um, is my question. Well, you you know, it's very difficult to answer that question. We have many patients who come to me because they see a new dentist, and the new dentist sees the periodontal disease. The old patient, the old dentist didn't. But you have to realize that dentist that you've been seeing has been seeing you for a long period of time. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference uh, from one visit. It's like watching a child. If you see the child every day or every few days, you don't notice it growing. But if you see the child once every six months or once every year, you can see it. So it's not unusual for things to be missed. If you've been seeing the same dentist, sometimes things may not be, you know, noticed or checked as thoroughly as they might be. Uh, it just it just happens. I can't tell the patients to go back to their dentist because I don't know exactly what happened. I was not in the dentist's shoes. I wasn't the patient. So I can't really blame the dentist, uh, whether it was negligence or not. Who knows? So I just, let's move on. Let's get you healthy. And it's not going to really do any good, I don't think, particularly. 
to get back to the dentist when you don't really know what the condition or the situations were. You were not in his shoes, and I'm certainly not in their shoes. All right, so Dr. Nemeth, tell us a little bit more about, um, I, you mentioned in the last segment about uh, tooth replacement. My question for you is, if a patient has had a tooth extraction, maybe they had it six months ago or a year ago, is it too late to then have a, a tooth replacement or is, have they lost their opportunity? It's never too late. We put bone in where there's no bone, but almost always we can put an implant in no matter how long it's been. There are maybe exceptions, but there are very few with the techniques that we have and that we're using in our office. Even if not, there's not enough bone, most of the time we can add additional bones so that we can almost always replace a tooth that's been missing, even if it's six months and even if it's six years and even if it's 16 years. I think that's tremendous because I think a lot of people who maybe perhaps have lost a tooth or had a tooth extraction feel as though, well, too much time has gone by and you know, the, the, the uh, gum has grown over and uh, it's too late. So it's, it's good to know that it's never too late. I've had, I've had patients coming to the office and say, well, you know, I wanted to have an implant, but, but the dentist said I didn't have enough bone. Well, maybe at that time they didn't have the tech, whatever it is, we can now almost always grow bone when necessary. And it's very rare when we can't put an implant in, whether there's enough bone, that would be ideal. But if there's not, we can usually facilitated, we can usually grow bone where we need it. Now, imagine the people who are having, like, in their front teeth, if they have to have a tooth extraction, their big fear is, oh, I don't want to walk around with missing teeth in the front of my mouth. If they go to you, how long, how soon can they get a tooth replacement? A, well, a new tooth, you take a tooth out, how soon? What's well, sometimes the implant can, implant can be put in the same day, but usually the tooth that goes on the implant has to wait typically three months, maybe four or five months for the bone to grow or attach to the implant. In the meantime, we make it temporary for them to wear so that they look, uh, you know, beautiful, handsome. They're not going without teeth in their mouth, but those are temporary. And then the permanent tooth is made after the implant is attached to the bone. I think the most important thing is cosmetically other people looking at these patients they're just going to see a normal-looking mouth. They're not going to detect that, oh, this is a, a temporary uh, tooth in the middle, right? If the patient has a normal-looking mouth to begin with, they're going to have a normal-looking mouth afterward. Abs absolutely. That's very important. You know, every patient is concerned about that. They all want to have a nice smile. Because, yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's front teeth, I can imagine cosmetically, nobody wants to walk around for any amount of time with a missing tooth there and, and have to deal with that. It doesn't happen. It does not happen at all. Uh, by the way, I just want to talk about an interesting incident that happened to me just last week. So I was in a health food store, and the owner of the health food store had, had been to my office uh, about a year ago. I hadn't seen me, but it seemed, had, had, had been examined. And he said to me, well, you know, they did some gum measurements. Well, they were measuring gum pockets because if there are deep pockets, that usually means there's a problem. He said, you know, they, they, there were some pockets like five, four, five, six. He said, but, but nothing's bothering. Nothing was bothering me, so I just haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, I said, you're infected. You have, wow. an, you have an infection. You just don't know it. Gum disease doesn't cause pain. You are infected. It's affecting your health. You've got to stop that infection if you want to get your mouth healthy. And if your mouth's not healthy, you're not going to be healthy because... It's related to so many other diseases and increases the risk of 
25, 35 other diseases. It's, it's really, really puts you at risk. I think one of the most important, you know, things that you do in your research and in your clinic is certainly the identification of um, the bacteria that exists in the oral cavity, which we know is responsible for heart disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, pancreatic cancer, stroke, colon cancer, you name it. You've given me a great big list here. It would take the whole show to go down and go through the list. But we, we want to come back and talk as we're getting ready to go to break right now. We want to come back and talk about your research. In the meantime, you're listening to the Dr. Joseph Nemeth radio show, and we're talking about how the treatment of gum disease can prevent some of the major diseases of our time. If you have a question, you can reach Dr. Nemeth by calling 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to call the doctor and talk to him directly. You're listening to the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to this special edition of the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here tonight talking with Dr. Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic and the latest treatments in periodontic care. He's also talking about the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases, from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor on the topics we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Nemeth, we have a caller, Lee from Gross Point. Lee, what is your question? Uh, Yes, I had uh, four gums. And my teeth hurt, and I got this mouthwash that I think the doctor mentioned. This one's called the Natural Dentist Healthy Gums. And I would pull down real hard on my gums, like, to bring down any stuff that was up there and then rinse for a long time with this stuff. And it took the pain away. But I still may have gum disease, and I'm listening to what's being said, and I've heard that before. Um, And I'm wondering if the doctor uses lasers Lasers are an incredibly important part of our practice. When we treat gum disease, one of the main thing, one of our main uh, 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 part of our uh, armamentarium uh, weapons against gum disease is a laser. So we use a laser so frequently. We probably have had more lasers than anyone else in the state or in the country. We currently have. Oh, five different kinds of lasers that we use for different purposes. So, yes, gum disease and lasers are like uh, hand in glove as far as I'm concerned. I bought a laser offline and used it on my knee that my 90-pound German Shepherd puppy knocked out running after a goose. And it, after I started using the laser, the thing started healing really quick. Well, you, you can use it in your mouth if you really want to waste some time. Because that, that's, not, that, that's a cold laser, and that is not going to get to the bacteria that are under your gum. The laser yeah. has to get to the bacteria under your gum, the parasites under your gum, the spirochetes, the amoebas under your gum, and nothing on the outside is really going to be effectively eliminating them. Yes, I, I understand that. I believe that's true as well. It is true. Uh, I, also, I also have Lyme disease, wow. and that's a spirochete. Um, I don't know if that can get into your gums. Uh, we know that spirochetes are in the gums. 
I don't think there's been any studies or evidence directly linking the organisms from Lyme disease to periodontal disease. So I can't answer that. But my own feeling is if you have periodontal disease and then you have Lyme disease, the Lyme disease will be more severe than it would otherwise. That's just my opinion, but I don't think there are any studies on that. Another study did just come out recently talking about gum disease related to kidney disease, and I'll talk about that, you know, if I have a chance in a moment. And I'm also interested in, in pancreas because I heard the EPI ads on the, on, the, on the radio, and I had a lot of those digestive symptoms. Well, and uh, I heard you mention pancreas too. Well, in men who have periodontal disease, there is a 59% that can be a 59% increased risk of uh, pancreatic cancer. So, and I'm assuming in women, this study was primarily with men, but I'm sure that in women it's also increased. So, yes, there's a definite link between periodontal disease and pancreatic cancer. Strong link. Uh, Dr. Nemeth, let's come back to some of your research and what you're doing in, in your clinic right now. And I've always been impressed by the fact that you're probably the only dentist, periodontist person, doctor that's researching the bacteria that exists in the oral cavity and letting patients actually see. They come in, you take a swab, and then there's this great big screen in front of them and they get to see this bacteria, spirochetes, everything floating around in their mouth. But these bacteria are totally responsible and are the starting point for so many diseases. And I think everybody ought to come in and get this test. The bacteria that the patients see and the parasites, because there's amoeba, which are parasites, spirochetes, I consider parasites, there are many bacteria that we don't see. And when we see these other organisms, amoebas, parasites, trichomonads, spinning rods, lighting rods, we know that these other bacteria, which we can't see, are present. So it's not just the ones that we see that are causing the disease, but we know when we see those that the others are there. And if we eliminate the ones we see, we also eliminate the ones that we don't see. So when people come into your office and you take a swab out of the oral cavity and then you put it up on the screen and you let them see all this live bacteria jumping around, what can you do to eliminate it? Because I'm sure if I was looking at a screen seeing everything living in my mouth, I'd say, how do we get rid of it? Well, as I just mentioned before, we, you know, one of the things, one of our main tools is the laser. Uh, we use a laser. That laser goes underneath the gum tissue. It tends to destroy these organisms. We then clean out those areas very, very thoroughly. And incredibly important, the patients have to know how to take care of their mouth once we've stop the infection. So that's really how we do it. I mean, very frequently we use the laser to, to stop the infection. Uh, it's, it's absolutely critical. But uh, the reason that we show the patients why we put that up on the screen, I can see it under the microscope, but the patients aren't having any pain. They think right. they're okay. Would you two stop talking over there? It's distracting to me. Oh, my. Yeah. You don't know you don't know what's living in the they, they don't know what's living in their mouth, right? Uh, I they don't know what's living in their mouth. They're not having any symptoms, but when they look at the screen and they see these amoeba and they see these spirochetes crawling around, it's like they begin to realize that, you know, there's something not good happening. And and, and let me ask you another question. Okay, you have the capability of killing the bacteria, of putting a stop to this live infection through your laser treatments. 
Is this in any way connected to, can they then get rid of bad breath if they're suffering from bad breath? Is there a connection between? Sometimes. I mean, there are so many things that may cause bad breath. And we have a very large bad breath, uh, let's call it uh, population who, who, who come to us. We have a lot of bad breath patients, probably more than almost any other practice around as far as I know. At any rate, uh, there are many causes. One is poor home care. If you're not cleaning your teeth properly, uh, tartar and, and plaque can accumulate, and that can cause bad breath. But really, the most common cause, and in the vast majority of cases, are bacteria that collect in the way back part of the tongue. Mm. And if we can get rid of those bacteria and teach the patients how to keep them off, we can shut off that bad breath just like turning off a water faucet. It's quite amazing. Uh, and it's very, bad breath patients are very interesting because I would say 30%, anywhere from 25 to 35%, maybe even more of the patients who come to me for bad breath treatment don't have bad breath. But they're convinced they have it. But we test them in many ways and we tell them, you know, there's no evidence that you have bad breath. But they say, well, you know, people are moving away from me and they don't want to be around me and I'm afraid to talk to people for, so for some reason, you know, they're convinced they have it. Mm-hmm. And some of them proceed with treatment despite the fact that we don't, we don't find it. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of, in, in those cases, it's primarily psychological and it's almost, it's extremely difficult when the patient has it in their head that they have bad breath to dissuade them of that idea because they're convinced of it and they're heavily invested in that. So we have a lot of patients who come to us without bad breath, but convinced that they do, and it's very hard to convince them that they don't. Well, they take the treatment, and that gives them reassurance. But of the people that really do have bad breath, your your treatment is absolutely going to clear up the problem. I would say we almost never have had a failure. But, you know, there are other possible causes. So if you have strong foods, if you have onions, if you have garlic, you are going to have bad breath, and there's nothing you can do about that. But that bad breath was not chronic bad breath. That bad breath will go away in a day or two, and you stop having whatever's causing it, onions, garlic, etc. Uh, if you're taking, if, if you're on a strict diet, if you're on a ketogenic diet, like a keto diet, and you're losing weight, <clears throat> you're going to have keto breath or ketone bodies that are expelled through your lungs. You're going to have bad breath, so that happens too. There's no way to treat that. Well, I'm going to have to jump in here because obviously we're going to take a quick break. In the meantime, you're listening to the Dr. Joseph Nemeth radio show. We're talking about how the treatment of gum disease can prevent some of the major diseases of our time. If you have a question, you can reach Dr. Nemeth by calling us directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to call the doctor directly. You're listening to the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to this special edition of the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight talking with Dr. Joseph Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic, the latest treatments in periodontic care, and the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases, from cardiac to the prevention of Alzheimer's. This is our final segment, so if you have a question for the doctor on the topics we're discussing tonight, please call us at 
0957. We're back on the air, and Skylar is over here out of view, but Skylar's getting more calls or more questions from being online. Uh, what are the kind of questions you're getting the, the, the asked of the doctor? Natural tooth whitening. Well, there are many products on the market, and I think probably all of them have some validity or they wouldn't be on the market. Uh, how effective they are, it's difficult to say, and a lot of people may be using whitening products, but if you have fillings or crowns on your, some of your teeth and not on others, your natural teeth are going to get lightened, and the fillings or crowns will not get lightened, and you may have a kind of a spotty-looking smile. With strong, with strong bleaching agents, you can actually irritate the gum tissue, maybe even burn the gum tissue a little bit. And if the gum tissue is thin, you can cause recession. I've seen a couple of cases of gum recession related to strong bleaching for whitening. Skylar, any more questions that are sick? You'll need to let me know so I can repeat them on air because you don't have a microphone. Can the bone in your jaw be regenerated? Can bone in your jaw be regenerated? Good question. Absolutely can be regenerated, as I mentioned before, because we have many oh, go ahead, Dr. We have many patients who come in with inadequate bone for implants, and so we regenerate the bone, and some patients come in with periodontal disease and bone loss, and in some of those cases, we may see bone regrowth or regeneration after being treated with a laser or other forms of uh, uh, treatment for periodontal disease. Okay, uh, Dr. Nemeth, we have a caller online, Mary from Commerce. Mary, what is your question for the doctor? Hi. Um, I know that you do the pinhole uh, technique for gum recession, and I'm wondering... So I think Mary well, is brushing her teeth right now, so maybe we should move on. <laughs> oh, I can't that, hear her. I'm not hearing you, her. Can we hear you, Mary? I mean, we're, we're having a problem oh. with... Can you hear her now? I cannot. I'm here. Okay, I'm what, here. Is your, what is your question, Mary? Um, I was wondering, I know he does the pinhole technique, and I'm wondering why he doesn't do the grafting. And if you do the pinhole, does it have to be redone again in future? Uh, very rarely, very rarely. I've had many patients who have had the traditional grafting done where you cut gum out of the palate, the roof of the mouth typically. You cut gum out of the palate, and you put that where the gum recession is, and I've had many patients coming to me with having, having, having had that done, and those don't always succeed. I, many of them, you know, can fail also. And then they come to me, and I do the pinhole technique. And the pinhole technique is just so much less traumatic than gum grafting, where you cut gum out of the, patient, out of the palate, the roof of the mouth. That can be very painful, very sore, uh, and very often is much more painful than the area where you've put the graft. So we don't have to do that when we do the pinhole technique it's and it's extremely effective and you're not limited to doing two or three or four teeth by the limited number of uh, amount of tissue that you can take out of the palate you can do one tooth with pinhole 10 teeth 30 uh, there's no limit because you don't have to depend on on tissue that you're harvesting from another part of the mouth Another question I have for you is I think that a lot of people are very intimidated by the idea that if they're going to see a dentist, if they're going to see a periodontist, pain is going to be involved. And you've basically eliminated the pain problem. 
I wish I had. Well, but pretty we much can, you we have. Can, we've, elim- we've minimized it enormously. Exactly. The laser treatment tends to be pretty much pain-free, very little discomfort usually. The pinhole procedure compared to regular gum grafting, again, much less painful. Uh, and we use IV sedation so that the patients are relaxed, they're comfortable, there's no anxiety. It makes it so much easier for the patient and therefore easier for me. So is there pain? We, we've minimized it as much as we think it's minimizable. And most of the time, there's little or no pain associated with what we do. Can't say that's always true, but for the most part, I believe it is. Well, that's what I hear from patients that I know that go to your practice. They say the, it's amazing how they're completely you know, at ease and that the sedation that you offer and that the medications that you offer when they're there are totally taking the pain out of the equation. And, and it, I think that's a big preventative thing that stops people from going to follow up with specialists like yourself. Uh, yeah, we've done everything we can. And, and the procedure, we never prescribe opiates anymore. Uh, we don't need opioids. We don't need anything that strong. Usually uh, Tylenol or Motrin, if there's pain, usually handles the, the discomfort. I don't even like to use the term pain because I, I, I call it discomfort because to me pain is something that needs something really strong like a, an opiate or so, something like that. And, uh, and we're, we're, we just, you know, co- we're not using that. I don't prescribe it any longer and it's not necessary. What do you have to say, because we've only got a couple of minutes left, to patients out there? What do they need to be looking for? You've talked in the past. We've had shows with you in the past where you've greatly stressed, um, you know, taking your oral health very, very seriously. And uh, what do patients really need to know? What do they need to look out for? I I think very often the patients can't tell. And so sometimes they can. There may be some bleeding or the teeth may feel a little bit loose or they may be shifting a little bit. Those kinds of things may, they may be aware of, but very often they're just not aware of anything. And I think it's really important to see your dentist at least twice a year and specifically ask them if there's any sign of gum disease, if there's any bone loss. I mean, address that directly. Uh, and, and I think between you know, looking for any kind of change in your own mouth, which isn't always there, and checking with your dentist, it'll almost always be detected. And, you know, being that we have such a dramatic um, situation with serious diseases in this country, heart disease takes 600,000 people a year, uh, deaths from heart disease, it's very important, I think, and one of the most important things that you do in your office is that you're doing the research and you're looking for the, the bacteria that is in the oral cavity that gets in underneath the gums and that is responsible for all these major diseases. And, I mean, that's a biggie outside of, of the cosmetic aspect. You know, as I've mentioned before, if, you, if your mouth's not healthy, it can take six to seven years off of your normal life expectancy because of these bacteria that get throughout your whole, whole body. They don't just stay in your mouth. They're connected to your bloodstream. They get in your blood. They get into every part of your body, cause inflammatory reaction throughout your body, and make almost every organ worse and almost every disease, uh, I think, uh, increases the risk of almost every disease and being more severe. So for disease prevention alone, for the major diseases of our time, I'm telling every listener to call your office directly and go in 
and, and let you take a look at the oral cavity and what's going on so that we can prevent some of these diseases? Well, they don't have to look, they don't have to call my office. I mean, that's great, but they should definitely check with their dentist and ask specifically about, you know, if there's anything going on. Of course, we're happy to see patients, but, um, you know, get your mouth checked, whether it be in my office or, you know, somebody else that you trust. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Dr. Joseph Nemeth Radio Show and News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by the North American Society of Periodontists. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Nemeth for talking to us this evening about taking charge of our health, being proactive, and avoiding the devastating diseases of our time. To take a closer look at his practice, please go to YouTube and search Dr. Nemeth to see his videos on his state-of-the-art treatment modalities. To learn more about Dr. Nemeth's periodontal practice, you can reach him directly at 248-357-3100. Again, that's 248-357-3100. Or by visiting him on the web at drnemeth.com. And thank you for listening.